0: down with erin massimola on the bench with
1: local legends your questions your heroes Welcome to The Touchdown with Aaron Masamola. and yes, it is yet another opportunity for us to talk all things sports, and we usually talk about rugby, cricket, and the world of athletics as well, but now we change the conversation slightly, focusing on mental health, and most importantly, the psychological aspects that athletes have to deal with performing at the highest level as well, but joining me today is a sports psychologist. She's a lady who's represented a country, and now almost helps athletes achieve the greatness that we see on and off the field as well. Her name is Kirsten van Jerden. Kirsten, how are you doing?
0: Ah, I'm doing well, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me to, to speak
1: on your show. Thank you so much for joining us. I think looking at the world of sports, there's so much that has happened. At least looking at the year of 2020 now 2021, and the world of psychology, or at least the mental performance of athletes, has almost come to the forefront. And that's something that's quite important for us to talk about as well. And looking at your career now, you're somebody that has represented South Africa as well at the highest level, but you now also help athletes deal with the pressure on and off the field. How important is it for athletes to be sharper, both mentally and as well
0: yeah it's a great question and i mean i love talking about this topic i could talk for ages about it and i think you know i often say physical and mental preparation go hand in hand it's not that one is is more important than the other but when you ask athletes and say sure you know on match day or on race day how important is the mental side and often yeah it's 90 percent mental it's in your head and you say, great, so how much time do you spend practicing this mental side? They're like, oh no, I don't. <laughs> so it's kind of like we're leaving this huge component of performance up to chance. And that's really my job is to say, we don't want to just hope that you're confident or hope that you're mentally tough. You know, what are some skills that you can learn that we, that we plan for that?
1: definitely and of course looking at the mental side that you now talk about athletes say that this is 90 percent of the process as well and looking at the world of sports psychology we have seen almost a peak in demand locally and internationally as well in terms of the work that you do how important is it for athletes to be sharper mentally both on and off the field and what are what are some of the processes that you actually take athletes through to get them to peak performance levels
0: for sure look i think you know at the top level Everyone is fit. Everyone is strong. Everyone is skillful. You have to be to get to that level. So more times than not, what separates out those athletes are going to win or those teams are going to win the not, is the mental component, that ability to absorb pressure, to be composed and calm, you know, under pressure, to execute the skills that you've learned, you know, the physical skills that you've learned you know, when it really counts the most. So. Yeah, it's a for me obviously uh, as a sports psychologist I think it's critical. But if you ask most athletes and teams, that that's the differentiating factor very often. And you know, off the field as well, of course, as we were saying earlier, like with this pandemic. But it just in general, for athletes to be able to manage their lives, you know, they're more than athletes; they're people, and they've got relationships, they've got studies, they've got um, you know just stuff going on at home. So part of the job of a sports psychologist is also to look at how do we help you manage all these different areas of your life so that you can get on and that you can train and when it counts
1: the most you can deliver performance. Definitely and of course you touch on the world of COVID-19, I mean you look at 2020 and now 2021 the biggest surprise to the world of sports has this has become this thing that is COVID-19 and how do athletes manage this and one of the recent articles actually talked about Quentin de Kock maintaining mental fatigue and what he has gone through travelling from, from one country to another, being in a biosecure environment. Looking at a biosecure environment, what impact does this have on a player psychologically having to be in this confined space for such a long period of time? Absolutely, and just to go back to the first part of your question, it's been incredibly difficult for
0: athletes. You know, just as it has for all of us, but you know, especially the professional athletes, loss of income, loss of structure, loss of goals, loss of dreams. You know, and for example, as athletes, last year my heart always goes out to them, the ones that were maybe thinking of retiring after the Olympic Games. You know, then it gets postponed, and then it's said, yeah, do I carry on? Don't I? And it's not just one more year when you actually realise. You know, how much time and effort is needed to train, to prepare for something like the Olympics. It's a huge decision. And then as you talk about now, uh, being in these bio-bubbles, it's we know, we're not made for isolation. And there's that you know COVID fatigue, but also this idea of isolation fatigue. And as you're saying, you know, Quentin Cock saying, this is really difficult. Maybe one thought for six weeks you can kind of manage, but when it's from one bubble to the next bubble to the next bubble. Um, and I know that psychologists around the world and players associations around the world are trying to look and how long can players actually be in a bubble, you know, and, you know, how difficult it is? And look, to be fair, a lot of times on tour, you do, you kind of go from your hotel room, you know, to the field and back. You don't really do too much else. But I find for a lot of players, it's that, it's the fact that if I want to, I can go out, whereas now you can't. And that choice taken away, I think, again, I think we can all identify with that. It's very difficult. You, know, you see the four walls of your hotel room, then you go perform, then you come back. And I think part of the problem as well, a lot of athletes I work with have said this too, they're like, Kirsten, I've got so much more time now to think. And thinking is not always a good thing. (laughs) So it leads to overthinking. And I think that's what happens also with athletes who just buy a bubble. They've got no external kind of stimulus in a sense. They can't just go out and relax. So I think it
1: leads to a lot of overthinking. Definitely. And also when you think about the aspect of family life, I mean it's always wonderful to have your family in the stands, but now you travel from one bubble to another and on top of that you don't even have your family in the stands supporting you because we're not allowed to have any fans in the stadiums. Exactly. And for sports like cricket, I
0: mean I think I mean the guys at the top level often away from home you know, 300 days of the year, you know, it's it's a crazy schedule that they've got. So you're right, having family there with at least part of the time that they're on tour certainly helps, you know, with that, or with just with mental health in general. So absolutely, for those guys not to have that now is very difficult. And even for those guys without their own, you know, children or, you know, wives or partners or husbands, it's still difficult because it could just be friendships. And, it's that, and again, I think we all identify just being able to quickly pop out and see someone for a cup of coffee or, a beer or a glass of wine or whatever it might be. You know, now we can't. So, yeah, the players it is. And mental health, someone has spoken to me at the beginning of COVID and said they think sort of the, in a sense, the second wave of COVID is going to be mental health issues. And I certainly can see this in my practice. Athletes are a lot more mental health issues, a lot more serious issues that they're dealing with. Um, so it has a real impact.
1: Mm, Definitely. And of course, looking at the world of sports, I mean, athletes train for years and years and years to achieve the highest level. But then towards the latter part of your career, you start thinking about that thing that we call retirement. And I mean, this morning, actually, we saw Faf Duplessis talking about the fact that he has now retired from, from test cricket as well. But this concept of retirement brings a lot of challenges to athletes as well. And I know that you recently also published a book called Waking from the Dream. Can you maybe just take us through some of the challenges that comes with that thing that we call retirement and then how do you deal with a world where you are not performing at the highest level you don't have the spotlight on you anymore and you now have to almost move into a different phase of your journey
0: sure and I mean this is one of my favorite topics in sports simply because at the professional level you are the only guarantee is that you're going to stop one day I always say you're not going to be a 70 year old olympian like you are going to have to stop and it always worries me when you speak to, to young athletes and you'll say like what is your your dream and they will always say for example i want to be a pro tier you know player i want to be springback rugby player i want to be olympian and yet to hear an athlete say oh and i really also want to be a psychologist or a radio broadcaster or you know it's always about sport and you think some study has shown that uh, probably the average age of retirement for a professional athlete is 27 it's like 27 now you've got the rest of your life to live like what are you going to do and you know so often athletes they don't they just in the moment i must train i must this is all i must think about if i think about anything else it's going to affect my performance and we know it, it, it doesn't but they think that it does so a lot of uh, struggles and part of my my phd was in this area of identity that one of the struggles they have is who am i you know if i'm not a cricket player if i'm not a rugby player if i'm not a swimmer like who am i and other people know you as that often say people i wasn't even like, a great swimmer but you know you sermon uh, you know i mean I, obviously competed for my country but people go oh you're the summer you know they wouldn't even know my name and you're like yeah sure, but i'm also kirsten like it's this this whole thing of who am i and that's you know for me it's fascinating and how do we then figure out who we are apart from it so that's one of the things that athletes really battle with um what's happened during COVID, which is a very similar things to when athletes retire they battle with loss of structure they, their days are normally very set out for them. They know when they have to train. They know what they have to do. They know where they're heading, what goal they've got. And so they don't really have to think. They, when they wake up, they, it's routine. Whereas now you wake up outside of that, it's incredibly hard, um, this loss of structure. And it's also very often linked to goals. The athletes have no other dreams, as I said, no other goals. And it's easier to have some structure in place when you know, okay, I need to do this and this and this so I can get somewhere. So those for me are often the top three. The I say, this loss of identity, um, the loss of structure, and then what, what new, what new dream? And it's also so hard because sure, what dream can live up to your childhood dream of being like an Olympian? You know, these are I say the stuff of childhood dreams, and now you have to come up, you know, come up with something else. And but my encouragement to athletes always is. You know, So often when you speak to retired athletes, they're like, yeah, for sure, I miss that high. I mean, nothing can compare to standing on top of a podium, having your national anthem played, you know, running out in front of 80,000 people. And you can't expect it to. But they say, sure, listen, life is in some respects a lot more meaningful now. You know, there's families, there's business, they're contributing. And someone I heard, which I love, it's not my quote, someone else's, but they said athletes have to go from being trying to be the best in the world to being the best for the world. And I love that. So how do we get athletes to go from this? And now how do I contribute? And they can find that incredibly meaningful. So it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. Um, it can be incredibly meaningful. It's just different. And how do you prepare for it? I think we have to prepare young athletes for it by asking them, what is your other dream? Great, you want to be a pro-tier you know, cricketer. What else? You know, And we have yeah. to start encouraging. Parents, coaches have to start encouraging them. And they say, I'm a study because like a plan B, I can fall back on this. You're like, not a plan b it's going to kick in <laughs> like it's not like if i don't make it as a team player then i can go do this like no, even if you make it you're still gonna have to do something afterwards so really getting athletes to see that there is life after sport and it can be wonderful
1: definitely you talk about life being wonderful post your your retirement as well. But there are so many young athletes at this stage in time. And I mean they are looking to the greatness of a Sia Kulisi, somebody like a Faf Duplessis, and many other athletes that come from South Africa, and they ask themselves the big question as to what does it take for me to be the best in the world? What does it take for me to achieve the greatness of a Michael Phelps in terms of the Olympic Games? But from a psychological perspective, what would you advise these young people to do and also their parents to do? Because as you've mentioned, the psychological aspect is the most important part of the game.
0: For sure. And I always have to be careful when I answer a question like this because sometimes the very thing that helps you to be a great athlete is not great for you in real life. And what I mean by that is a lot of athletes have this almost obsessive focus on what they're doing, you know, and it is, just, to answer basic questions, it's just a lot of hard work. Um, I remember one Olympian I spoke to, they said, you know, we're talking about friendships and they said, yeah, the better you do at the Olympics, the fewer friends you have simply because you don't have time, you know, for friends. So it's this weird paradox of, you know, very often, say, you have to have this almost obsessive focus, this you know, this work ethic is absolutely critical. Um, But for me, it's always this, if you talk from a psychological perspective, and I know it sounds very philosophical, but you have to know that you're more than an athlete. Me, if I had to say to parents, you have to teach your young athletes they're more than an athlete. It's great that you're a tennis player, a rugby player, a cricketer, but you are more than that. And your self-worth does not depend on performance. And that's much more, it's easier said than done, but I find, you know, again, so often a sense of worth and identity are wrapped up in our performance. So you feel good about yourself if you perform well, bad about yourself if you don't. And being able to teach young athletes like, no, this is great. Be disappointed for sure if you don't perform well, but, you know, you're still loved, you're still respected, there's still more to you. So if I had to, that's the one thing I had to say, that's what I would encourage parents and coaches and athletes
1: to do oh absolutely fantastic i love what you mentioned there basically saying that you as an athlete are worth more than that gold medal at the olympic games as well so thank you so much kirsten i would like to thank you so much for your time i really do appreciate it and thank you for the amazing work that you are doing off the field with our athletes as we see them perform at the highest level as well thank you so much for your time and we wish you all the best and hopefully you will continue to produce these phenomenal athletes that we see on international stages Oh goodness,
0: no, thank you so much. And again, thank you for the opportunity for me to talk about some of these things. Um yeah, they're so important and I really appreciate it. Touchdown with Erin Massimora. On
1: the bench with local legends. OFM Sport. The personalities behind the plays.